0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Full Seam Ahead. We are with you here. It is Saturday morning. If you're listening to us while you're mowing the lawn, while you're mopping the floors, getting your chores done before a full day of college football and postseason baseball, welcome. We we are a little bit late. We were waiting for the announcement of the game three starter for the Astros. Obviously, usually we record post game, but. After Game 2, the Astros had not announced their starter. We weren't sure if it was going to be Lance McCullers Jr. or Christian Javier, but now we have an answer. And so we have today for you a full recap of Game 2 that Astros 3-2 win and a bit of a preview for today's Game 3 matchup between Christian Javier and Garrett Cole in the Bronx. So let's go ahead and talk about Game 2. Lorenzo. What's your one word? Well, my one word is going to be powerful. I mean, the lineup wasn't
1: powerful, but pitching continues to dominate. And, it, you know, it started with Framber Valdez going them seven innings. Really strong, even though he didn't have that silly air that he shouldn't have not thrown. But then, you know, Abreu comes out. Then Presley, of course, continues his shit, you know, throwing the ball down the middle, you know, slinging that curveball. Hey, also, if no one noticed he developed a changeup. He has developed a changeup. I did not know that until MLB Network had showed it on. So that that was very interesting. But yeah, powerful. I mean, pitching has been there, done that. I mean, they've done pretty well against that Yankee lineup. And then hitting, of course, we're trying to figure it out. We haven't got the best out of that lineup yet. It is yet to come and I think in the Bronx it's going to take off because, you know, we haven't had a big offensive, you know, production since that game one of the ALDS. So I'm I'm waiting for it. I think it might come out, you know, to the Bronx into that ugly wild jungle over there. So I mean, yeah, everybody looks powerful. You know, you took a 2 0 series, 88, I believe 88 something percent go on to the world, you know, to make it to the world series. So I mean it's looking very, you know, strong for us.
0: Yeah, no, it it, it was good to get out of there with the win. It was not the most entertaining game. Uh, it definitely had its moments of intensity, but for the most part, um, it was just kind of a steady drumbeat. And, you know, the Astros scored three runs on eight hits, but all three of those runs come from the one swing of Alex Bregman's bat. Um, but I think the story here, of course, is is Framber. I mean, he was lights out. You know, there was, there was conversation going into this game of, do you start Framber or do you start McCullers at home and have him potentially back for game six? You know, you have the you have the off day on Friday, um, or do you go with Framber and just ride it out? And we went with Framber, and he was phenomenal. I mean, he was really lights out. Seven innings pitched, four hits, two runs. Neither of them earned, no walks, nine strikeouts. Really, the only mistake Framber made all night was that that double error in the fourth inning. Uh, you know, he, he gave up a single to Judge, and then Stan hits a little chopper. Had the chance at a double play, um, fumbled it, dropped it, fell over, throwing it to first, and it goes wide. Uh, Ended up putting runners on second and third, and and they both scored. Um, But, I mean, considering he literally gave them two runs, it was a a dominant performance from Framber. I mean, you really couldn't ask for a whole lot better from him. Uh, He was generating swings and misses with his curveball at a career-high level. I think it was 26 swings and misses. Off his curveball, which is a career high, which was a postseason high. He had it all. He had it all working for him, except his PFPs uh, in in game two. Um, And, of course, anytime you can get seven innings pitched out of your starter in a postseason game, you love that. You absolutely love that. Abreu and Presley were the only guys out of the pen uh, for the Astros on Thursday night. I think, all in all, it was a solid game.
1: Yeah, like I said, I mean, pitching, you know, right now we're doing great. You know, between Verlander and Framber combined 13 innings pitch and only allowed one earned run. Obviously, that one earned run was from um Bader's solo shot. You can't count the two runs right there because Framber apparently is not an athlete, and usually pitchers <laughs> are athletes, so we're at the work on some PFPs with that guy. But you know, other than that, I mean, they're they're shutting it down you know, these guys are going to be Cy Young. I believe is going to be a Cy Young finalist whenever, you know, the awards come into place. So that's what you need from your one-two, you know, your ace is right there yeah. and they just did it for you. And like you said, you know, with Bregman, that three-run shot, it wasn't a lot, you know, offensively, like I said, we didn't really do a lot going only eight hits, even though it sounded like it was more, but The same time too. What can you do? All you have to do is just make one mistake, and sure enough, Severino made that mistake to Bregman.
0: Yeah, and you know, I mean, like just in general, how blessed are the Astros that we have two guys that legitimately could contend for the title of who's the ace on this staff? There's, there's teams out there that don't have an ace. You know, like and and you got
1: McCullers Jr. too. Yeah, exactly. Jr. was our ace
0: last year. You have a guy sitting there in third in your rotation who could also be an ace who would be the ace on 15 out of 30 teams in Major League Baseball. Um, Just an embarrassment of riches right there. Uh, But, yeah, Severino looked good. Um, Obviously, we were expecting to see possibly Mancini in the lineup against him. That did not happen. Uh, It was Ledman's Diaz in the box, continuing the putrid performance from the seven-hole in the lineup. Um, But, you know, the offense, I thought, was just okay – Obviously, those three runs again, all coming from Bregman's three-run shot in the third, which you know later on Severino called a lucky home run, which we'll talk about. Uh, but hey, it's how you play the game, baby. It was a home run in 25 out of 30 ballparks, according to Wood. It dong, um, but you know those eight hits. You had Bregman going two for four. Yuli went two for three. Pena one for four. Alvarez one for four, which was nice to see him. That was nice to see him just slap a little uh, yeah. single up there, uh, snapping an 0-12 skid. Uh, and then Maldonado going one-for-one one with the walk as well. He was on base three times. He got hit by a pitch and in his first or second at-bat. Um, yeah, Just getting it done. But the real deal with the offense, the continued struggle is with runners in scoring position. The Astros oh, were one-for-five with runners in scoring position in Thursday night's game with five men left on base. Uh, that puts them up to one for nine with runners in scoring position on this series with twelve left on base, and that's just kind of continuing a greater trend of the postseason. I think in, I think in the playoffs, yeah, four, third four and thirty-two with runners in scoring position, four for thirty-two uh, with runners in scoring position, with more playoff wins at five than they have hits with runners in scoring position. I think that's the biggest thing. You got to look for improvement from this offense on. Yeah, I and I think, you know, honestly,
1: I think, too, that seven-hole, I think that, you know, with Altuve being, you know, the primary one, that seven-hole, two, you know, comes into effect because, I mean, Diaz has a lot of bad bats there. Mancini has a lot of situational bats there. And, I mean, you know, it's just – like you said, it's a black hole right now. Nobody is not stepping up into that role. And I've mentioned before, you know, let's give the rookie a try, David Hensley. Obviously, Dusty R. A. had said that Mancini's going to be going game three and game four as the DH. But, you know, if that doesn't come into play, I'm, so, I'm sorry. It is time to give this rookie some playing time. At least, you know, he has a tall friend. We've talked about six, 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 seven. you know. Throw the hands out there. You get a bloop single to right field. Do something. I mean, my gosh. But, yeah, running in scoring position has been really terrible for the Astros, which, you know, they're really good at doing that. They're really good at doing that, especially scoring early, too. It's kind of shocking. Yeah. But at the same time, too, I think I'm a firm believer that we're going to be able to do it, you know, when we go to the Bronx, because, of course, you got the crowd on you. Of course, the F Altuves are going to come out, oh, yeah, the, the, the cheaters, the trash cans, all you could think of. I think that's just going to bring in more you know, energy for these guys, and, you know, they're going to be humbled to be able to have some great at-bats, quality at-bats, and, you know, hopefully it does come out to be that way.
0: Yeah, I I think we've seen the Astros this year kind of have a tendency to play to the level of their opponent. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not so great. You know, we've seen them play down to the quote-unquote lesser pitchers in the league. Uh, but then really just go toe for toe with some you know Cy Young candidates, and Garrett Cole's an ace, and they're going to need their best today uh, to to get after him. But I think that you know, I know it's it's a fallacy, but the law of averages is, is a somewhat real thing. Altuve specifically, he's going to get it going. He's going to get it going. He was zero for four in game two, but I thought he showed some signs of life, some good abs. Uh, he had some hard hit balls. And ground ball to the left side that got picked up. Uh, and he had a scorcher to the right side. Um, that really was a great defensive play. You got to tip your hat to to Glaber and Peraza there. Uh, yeah. you know, just making that pick and that toss, the spin, the move, and then Rizzo with the pick to finish it off. That was really a, a fantastic play. Um, but you know, I still think it's not time to worry about Altuve yet. We know this guy, he is. An incredible postseason hitter. And I think if you improve, proof, look at Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber started the postseason 0 for 19. 0 for 19. And then in his last five games, he's hitting 357 with two home runs, three RBIs, and I think four or five runs scored. So I mean, it's it's completely possible that Altuve turned it around. And I mean, remember, remember the 2017 ALCS. Like George Springer had a rough time in in the ALCS, but then The World Series MVP. So don't Mm -hmm. write off Altuve yet. Don't write him off. He'll be fine. He'll be okay. And like you mentioned earlier, this team hasn't even started playing their best baseball yet. And they will.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, to piggyback on that, I mean, Alvarez, you remember that 19 ALCS? He was just complete, complete dog shit. I mean, it was bad. He, He even spiked his bat onto the ground, you know, breaking it. And then all of a sudden, you know, the World Series he kind of catches on, but then, you know, fast forward to 21, he's the youngest ALCS MVP yeah. with a five on, you know, over 500 batting average, you know. Anything could happen. I know Altiva's going to find it. He's the second uh has the second most postseason home runs behind Manny Ramirez. So, this guy's going to find his groove. It's just like I said, I think when they start doing them chance for some particular reason that just gives him more energy to hit that ball out of the ballpark. And, yeah. you know, hopefully, you know, he does that when we go over there, but overall, like you said, I mean, it was, I mean, yeah, credit to Glaber. It was a scorching ball to second. And then plus, you know, that first at bat, of course, you know, he's going to swing that first pitch. He just got under the ball. If, it, yeah, you know, if he didn't get under it, that's train tracks city right there. So we got to be patient. We just got to be patient with him. We know what he could do. He has postseason history. He loves being in the moments as well. So let's just, you know, relax on him a little. He's going to find it.
0: Yeah, he will. Uh, And then as far as the rest of game two, bullpen looked great. Brian Abreu pitched one inning in relief in the eighth inning. Uh, He did give up a walk to uh, Harrison Bader after getting one out. Uh, But he got the fly out to judge, which first pitch swing in. Abreu throws him a middle-middle slider, and Judge came this close to taking the lead right there. Um, but luckily, Kyle Tucker makes the catch at the wall. That freaking idiot that almost interfered with that play, just like, yeah. back up, dude. Just just back up. Just stop. Um, Gosh. I. Uh, but uh, Tucker makes the catch, and we'll see. We'll talk in a minute about the Yankees uh, complaining about that. But – then bounces right back and gets a huge strikeout on Stanton. You know, I saw even Astros fans were like, oh, you know, the umpire gave him that the 3-0 pitch. But no, if you look at the actual stat cast, like that little box on the TV is not 100% accurate. Like the umpires don't yeah. see that box. They are calling the actual strike zone for the most part. And, I mean, if you look at the stat cast, that was a strike, 100%. That yeah. was a strike on the 3-0 pitch. Uh, and then Abreu just comes back and then freezes them for strike three looking. Painty. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. I think it, it, at that point you felt really good. Uh, obviously, going down to the lower half of the lineup, and then Ryan Presley, a day oh, after gosh. getting a, which I was a little bit surprised to be completely honest. Um, after him getting that four out save the night before, I was kind of surprised. Playoffs, to see him. baby. Playoffs. Yeah, I guess you got you go for it. Uh, but yeah, got one to, inning pitch, one walk, in. three strikeouts, and he was looking great. Uh, Twenty two yeah. pitches, fourteen of them strikes. He's got behind early on Donaldson and was trying to get him to chase, but for once, Donaldson didn't, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, he, he struck out the other three batters he faced, including uh, Matt Carpenter, to end the game. But, yeah, I mean, it was a f- complete performance from the pitching staff. You won a little bit more from the offense, but, hey, 5-0 and is 5-0. and Yeah. In the, in the postseason. And then- not yeah. to
1: mention, too that I mean that blue was inconsistent both ways. He was given oh, that yeah. outside strike and that low, oh my God. you know, Dude, low two down strike. Off the
0: plate to Severino all day long.
1: And you know when Altuve gets a little frustrated, he's already in a slump. And you know when Altuve tells you something, you know you're kind of you're messing up a little, you know. So, you know, Yankee fans are going to find their way saying, "Hey, you know, the Astros won because of the blue and all this." No, no, because it was both ways. It was inconsistent. With us at the plate and as well as y'all, it was just you know pitchers getting the benefit of the call. You can't do nothing about it. That's baseball, you know. Obviously, we're going to be talking about what was affecting was called the so on wind that was going through Minute Maid Park. I get a, I guess it was a hurricane coming just through. Go
0: right into it. Just let's just move. on Yeah. Right so it. <laughs>
1: yeah. So you know, post game, of course, Aaron Boone. After you know, post game and everything like that, the media comes in. He says, "I think the roof open." kind of killed us i think it's a 390 ball basically you know 390 feet obviously being a home run um another one severino bregman hit at 91 miles per hour that's the only thing i'm gonna say and judge hit his at 106 miles per hour and it didn't go out i don't know they got lucky higashioka i think even he will admit it he didn't really hit it well off the bat but he hit it well enough to get it out. First off, Higgy, you went 0-3 for 3 with three strikeouts. Shut up. <laughs> you shouldn't be saying anything right now. If you struck out the whole fucking game, why are you going to be talking and be saying, oh, well, he got lucky kind of shit? God, I mean, you couldn't even get a ball and play. But, Bregman, I mean, the, the win did affect the game. You cannot say it didn't. You know, right. the commissioner and MLB, they wanted the, you know, roof open. A lot of people have complained, you know, opposing teams, they want the roof open because if we have it closed, the crowd, you know, the noise and everything like that, it's louder in the building. Obviously, they got pitch calm now with um, the hearing sets and everything. Pitchers can't hear. Really throughout this postseason, you've been seeing that a lot. So, yeah, yes, the wind did affect, you know, obviously the wind was blowing left. I don't know if the camera had shown on, you know, one of the innings. The wind was blowing left. Bregman pulled the ball at the right time. The wind carried it. I'm guessing if you really want to say it didn't, you know, go our way and it was lucky. Well, there you go. I don't know why they're saying lucky. Like that's
0: the last thing you would want to and hear like, from these guys. They played in the same conditions we did. It's not like the wind was only blowing for the Astros abs. Uh, I mean, it. It's just such a. It's it, It's it's loser talk. That's what it, it is. is. It's, that it's was dumb. my first thought when I saw that. Was if I'm a Yankees fan, I'm pissed. Like, I'm furious that my manager's up there making a weak ass excuse for a loss like that. I mean, and I think that's really dangerous for the Yankees if they're in that mindset. If they're in that mindset, they've already lost this series, dude. The Astros are already
1: in their head to begin with already. Yeah, I mean, no, without a and doubt, with, comment, with the players saying comments like that, if you're the Astros. You feed off of this right now. Oh, that's more motivation for you to go sweep them in the Bronx. And that was my take. I'd said Astros in five. I'd give the Yankees one. If if Garrett Cole pitches a gem, that's going to be your one. If he doesn't and he blows off, there's a potential sweep going into game four. But, yeah, I mean, Steinbrenner, George Steinbrenner right now, he's probably rolling in his grave and talking so much shit, you know, about this organization because he built that whole – you know, Yankees franchise and everything, the 27 BS rings, you know, the non-steroid era, everything like that. It's embarrassing to that organization, I think. And Aaron Boone just basically threw himself out of being the next head coach for them next year. And, you know, even to begin with his record just sucks. He just overmanages so bad, but um, yeah, real quick, we're going to go, you know, Bregman home run 91.8 miles per hour exit velocity, 36 degree launch angle. 360 feet with a zero point, not zero, 0.040x um, batting average. Judges fly out, 28-degree launch angle, 345 feet with a 0.910x batting average. Would have been the only home run, and guess where it would have been. What stadium do you think?
0: Guessing that would have been in the 15th row at Yankee Stadium.
1: Exactly. Yankee, I mean, that's why I'm saying lucky. That is your key word. Lucky. Are you serious? You got the shortest porch in right field. Majority and of the, the home like, runs go there.
0: Everybody knows it is commonly accepted knowledge that Yankee stadium has the jet stream to right field with the short porch. Exactly. Everybody, kn- everybody knows that. And then that's, that's what's funny is like when you say stuff about like, Oh, judge, short porch, short porch, the Yankees go Well, the other teams play in the same stadium. Hello. Hello. (laughs) It's the same thing. And also, you can't blame the wind for one hit when you have struck out 30 times in this series. Yankees batters have struck out 30 out of 70. 42.9% of played appearances have resulted in a strikeout. That's really bad. (laughs) And you cannot complain about the wind. And actually, you know, credit where it's due. Stanton kind of had some accountability here. He said, "quote We've got to shorten up a little bit and try to put the ball in play. We've been swinging away. We all have to make mid at bat adjustments. They're reading swings, reading body language. You've got to be able to counteract that." And he's exactly right. That is that that is the truth. You they've yeah. been swinging out of their shoes, um, trying to do it with the do it with the long ball. And I mean, I've said the same thing about the Astros. I've said it yeah, on this show before that, that the Astros are not that much different, um, but I, man, I don't know. That's just it's loser talk. It is absolutely loser talk. And if I'm the Yankees, I'm pretty, I'm pretty nervous right now. Yeah,
1: not just nervous, but kind of pissed. What your own manager had yeah. said something like that on national television, blaming the wind. Like, come on, that is the worst excuse anybody has came up with. In I'm pretty sure in history, in postseason history, for damn sure. But, I mean, like you said, that is loser talk. That's crybaby stuff right there. You know, they want, you know, Yankee fans, period, cry about every little freaking thing. And right there, I mean, it just shows. Your own manager's basically saying shit like that. Kind of sucks. But, yeah, I mean, 30 strikeouts in this whole, you know, ALCS. Game 1, you had 17. Game 2, you have 13. And then not to mention, you're going to have Christian Javier with that fastball and slider combo coming out, you know, the hand. That's going to, you know, he has a high strikeout rate. We'll go over that in a little bit. That's going to go over 10 strikeouts, I think. Plus, our bullpen right now is hot. I mean, they are, Ryan Presley is not the biggest strikeout guy. And he has tons of strikeouts through um, them two games. Just be ready, Yankees. Game three, then game four when McCullers is curveball. My gosh, this could be a record set for most strikeouts in a series. They already did that with the Guardians. I think Aaron Judge has that uh, going against Cleveland. But as a Yankee lineup and roster, having the most strikeouts in a postseason uh, series, whew, look out.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's tough. And, and I mean, I'm not complaining, uh, seeing them kind of unravel like that. But the Astros do win game two, three to two final score. They are 2-0 oh in the ALCS, two wins away from heading back to the World Series for the second year in a row and headed up to the Bronx. Uh, before we move into the Game 3 preview, we'll do a brief Astros roundup just because it's something that's kind of been bouncing around today um, or yesterday. It was reported that the Astros were going to offer Dusty Baker a new contract to return as manager. That was the, the notification that went out on, I think you had the score. I don't think ESPN ran it. Um, yeah. And I saw it circulating on Twitter. The report comes from John Heyman, who is a New York Yankees beat writer for the New York post, which is a tabloid. It's essentially a tabloid. If mm-hmm. you know, John Heyman, if you're on sports media, he's a hack. I hate him. Um. And so I actually went and read the article and I, it does not actually say that. He says in the article that sources indicate that he's going to be offered another contract. But he also says in the article that he texted Click and Crane. And he texted Click and he basically asked him, Why have you not got a new contract yet? And Click said, I don't know. Don't ask me. And he texted <laughs> Crane and asked him, You know, are you retaining Baker? Are you, are you retaining Baker and Click? And Crane told him the quote in the article was, I am not making any of those decisions until after the postseason. I think this Clip. is a nothing burger story. I think this is a Yankees beat writer looking for clicks, which I guess he got one out of me. <laughs> I, I mean, and and the fact that no just, just, Astros sources, Berman, McTaggart, Rome, Lerner, none of them corroborated that story or confirmed it. I, I say don't buy into that now. And I think especially like, If you've watched the interviews with Dusty, which, by the way, his interview pregame with TBS with um, Ryan Howard, did you watch that? Or Jimmy Rollins? I I didn't. I did not see that. It was really good. It was a really good interview. Uh, We shared on our Twitter page, they had a Rolling Stone article a couple days ago. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he won. Dude, the guy, he grew up playing the piano, and he wanted to play like Jerry Lee Lewis. He smoked pot with Jimi Hendrix at a concert in San Francisco. (laughs) Uh, he he told the story about how when he played in the Arizona fall, Arizona Instructional League that there was a Janis Joplin concert at their stadium at the same the field they played at and he said the next mm-hmm. day he was playing the outfield of course and he said all over the outfield grass there were roaches from blunts and he said that all the outfielders were like. They kept moving in position and, and between at bats, they were bending down and picking up roaches out of the grass <laughs> and stuffing them in their pockets. And then that the managers were like, What were you doing? Like you were supposed to be in right center, not left center. What are you like, what are you doing? And they all just had <laughs> pockets full of roaches. It was, a, it was a really cool interview. Uh it just made me appreciate him more. But I mean, he's gonna retire. I don't I don't think that he chooses to return, especially if, if he can, gets this If we can get him a ring, if he gets this ring. Yeah, I think we can get him a ring. He's going to hang them up. And I think quick. that,
1: too, the players have been really open about that, saying, like, yeah. they've always been talking about that through the clubhouse. we got to get Dusty to ring. we got to get Dusty to ring. And then Dusty made, the you know, the best choice, you know, give credit to Jim Crane, too, and his uh front office for, you know, bringing in Dusty. At first, you know, I'm not going to lie. I didn't like the idea oh, of bringing him. It. Yeah, because you're bringing new school versus old school, you know, in this league, especially with technology evolving and now we got pitch comm and all this stuff analytics everything like that and you know credit to dusty i mean we do give him his we do give him some shit about the lineups and you know some of the moves that he made during the regular season but right now playoffs god this is a different guy right now it's and it's showing you know that's why we're five and over right now hopefully you know knocking on wood we continue this hot streak that we're going with but um yeah with john heeman's story too i mean john heeman like you said he's A BS sports writer, I think. Obviously, like you said, he's a Yankee. Um, You know, the beat writer for them. He's just trying to find a way to, um, you know, publicize all this stuff at a wrong time like this. With the Astros staying hot, you really think the Astro players need to be hearing that right now? Oh, Dusty's going to be coming back. Oh, Dusty, is that true? You coming back? Come on, now. We we got to stay focused. We got to stay focused and go to the Bronx and do that. All he's trying to do is trying to get into our players' heads or really our whole organization and the rest of MLB. So, yeah, bunch
0: of Yeah, BS. and then it was just kind of coincidental or not, timing with the fact that the Marlins announced that they were interviewing Joe Espada, Astros bench coach. They were giving him a second interview for their head coaching vacancy. Uh, and then a couple hours later, there was a, a tweet that went out that the White Sox were hiring Espada. But I think at this point, it looks like that was – Completely unconfirmed. It was a fake oh my tweet. Oh, gosh. Uh, but I did see that the White Sox are interviewing Ozzy Guillen to be their yes. manager again, which I think that's hilarious. Please yeah, do that's, that.
1: That's quite stupid. If you're running a. <laughs> that, that, I feel so bad for that core over there in, in oh, the no south side of Chicago. You got great talent with Tim Anderson, um, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert. You're probably going to lose Jose Bray because I really don't think he goes back. Um, Dylan Cease has had a great year this year. Lucas Giolito still that, you know, he's still a good pitcher and everything. But you're bringing in Aussie Guillen? Are you like completely out of your mind right now? That is like between him and Tony LaRuso I mean, come on, you're gonna go from Tony Larusa to Aussie Guillen? Like, give me a break. But yeah, I mean, it, it came from a MLB insider. He's a he was a broadcaster, uh, former analysis. Guess from Chicago Cubs, your rival. So, yeah, it, it could have been, you know, a, a miscommunication from him on that part. And when I saw that, too, I you know, I texted, you know, I was like, dude, that sucks. Because if that, you know, if he had taken that job with Chicago right now and then what they're doing in the postseason. Because I don't even think Cora did that when uh, he was there with Hinch when they won the 17 World Series. I don't think I think that was after the postseason. Yeah, so
0: yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on it, of course. Uh, but that's an off-season topic. We just want to touch on that real quick, keep you guys informed. Um, but let's go ahead and get into our game three preview. First pitch is at three oh seven. So <laughs> probably you're listening to this in the morning or at lunchtime as you're getting ready. Uh, you just finished watching College Game Day. You listening some Full Seam Ahead. Uh, a bit of an early start today. Javier is 0-0 on the postseason with a 6.75 ERA. Garrett Cole is 2-0 with a 2.03 ERA. Lorenzo, tell me about Christian Javier.
1: Oh, this is the guy that you want, I think, in this situation. For game three, uh, you got the 2-0 lead. Pressure's on Cole. If Cole doesn't pitch good and Javier does, that season's over for the Yankees. But, yeah, real quick, he's only pitched one game this postseason. That was obviously a relief for parents in game one. Against the mirrors, he went one and a third with one hit, one earned run, giving up that solo shot to, I believe it was Suarez. Suarez. Yeah. Yeah. No walks, two strikeouts. So, and he hasn't had a start since October 1st against the Tampa Bay Rays. He went six innings, two hits, no earned runs, no walks, seven strikeouts. So that was a good sign. And then the, you know, the main event, the big entree coming in, both starts combined versus the Yankees, 12 innings pitch. Two hits, one earned run. Which that one earned run came from DJ Lemahieu, which Lemahieu's not even on the postseason roster for the Yankees. Five walks, sixteen strikeouts. Obviously, his first start, he had the combined no hitter, you know, Winaris and Presley, and then his second start, he had um, he worked five innings, giving up two hit, uh, yeah, two hits, one earned run, and five strikeouts. He had five walks as well. So, this is the guy you want for Game Three. This is the guy that you want. Yankees offensive starters, which are probably going to be the guys going against him in the lineup. Rizzo, one for five with a strikeout. Judge, 0 for three with a walk, two strikeouts. Torres, 0 for five, one strikeout. Jose Trevino, 0 for four, two strikeouts. Stanton, 0 for three, three strikeouts. Carpenter, 0 for two. Donaldson, 0 for two, one strikeout. So I mean you I'm, I'm I'm saying a lot of words right there is strikeout that's the key word. Yeah. Going at the Yankees batters 2 for 38 with a 0. .53 batting average, on-base percentage 0. .182, slugging 132, OPS 0. .314. This is the guy. This is the guy. He got he has the nasty stuff. He uh, gets the swing and misses. He has a high strikeout rate of 33.2%, which is a top Six percent in this league, uh. Thanks to the Statcast for that. And then you know it's the fastball. The fastball command fifty nine point nine percent, slider coming in second with twenty seven point six, which is his best pitch when it comes to that o two one two count thirty nine point four percent of them are swinging misses. So that's going to be your uh lockout pitch right there. Curveball going eight point three, and the changeup four point one percent. The splits. Favors, you know, really a right handed heavy lineup. Left handed batters are 0.189, with right handed batters going 0.147. And then the biggest one that I saw two day games that's his best friend right there. He's four and two with a 1.38 ERA, 52 innings pitch, eight earned runs, 65 strikeouts. That is insane. Um, you know, the biggest thing I think that's why Baker 2 wanted to put him day games 138, night games 317 ERA. So, I mean, that could have came into factor right there. We're gonna see a lot of swing and misses. I said, Like I said, game one, you had 17 strikeouts, game two, you had 13 strikeouts. Game three, it's not gonna be easy for this uh, Yankee lineup because a heavy dosage of that fastball and that slider which you see it from the hand. It looks like the same exact pitch. Obviously, when it comes at you, it's different. So that's what we're going to have to see from Javier. Another swing and miss guy. Hopefully that strikeout rate continues. I feel like the Yankees are going to be taking a little bit more pitches, a lot more at-bats. They're going to be patient. Just come at them. Just keep carving these hitters. I mean, he's done it all year. Obviously, he's done great against the Yankees. You know, two hits, one hit being from Rizzo, one hit being – from a player that's not even on the roster in DJ LeMahy. So I- I'm feeling very confident with Christian Javier going on that mountain. If our bullpen continues to wait, uh, continues the way that they've been pitching with their nasty stuff, it's going to be scary for this New York team. And, you know, they might be heading to Cancun after game four.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I think that especially like that first, first times through the lineup, the Yankees are going to be juiced because they know they got to come out. Swing in, their crowd's gonna be pumping, but staying in, staying with it. And I mean, like yeah. really, Javier's like that home run that he gave up to Suarez. Like, I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was damn near like one of those Mickey made specials. That it was into the yeah, like, first was, like, three the rows sicking, Crawford boxes. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's not a home run at Yankee Stadium. That's not a home run at probably half the parks in in, in baseball. So yeah. I mean, it's not like he's lost his touch. I don't think and. Like you said, he's got a proven record of dominance against this lineup. And I I think you gotta feel good about that uh going into it. Obviously yeah, we'll I talk... forgot
1: to, I forgot to mention real quick too. I mean, the first two innings he kind of like not struggles, but I mean uh ERA's at 324, the first inning, second inning's three ninety-six, and then the third inning down. I mean, it's looks really great. 173, the third inning, fourth inning, 252, fifth inning, two thirty five, and one fifty nine, one fifty nine. Uh, for the sixth and seventh innings, so I think if he could get through them first two innings, I think he's on cruise control after that. It just depends, like you said, the Yankees are gonna have to figure out a way to get Christian Javier out of his rhythm. But with him being El Reptil, calm, collective, I mean, this guy already pitched at the Bronx, he threw a combined no hitter at the Bronx with that environment, you know, going into uh yeah. today. I don't think it's really going to affect him. I think he's been there done that kind of uh, situation. So, I mean, we got to see hopefully he does continue uh, his dominance against the Yankees.
0: Yeah, I obviously love to see it. And I I really like him going today and not McCullers just because you set up the opportunity for, you know, if if this game gets away from us today, we lose it's 2-1 and you've got Lance going out against Cortez tomorrow. To you know, hopefully make it three one, and you know really feel good going forward. Or best case scenario, we win today. We can get to Cole, get to the bullpen, um, and then you have McCullers, your third ace, sitting there with a chance to pull off the sweep. Um, but regardless, it, it's I think it was a good decision, and hoping for a good outing for Javier. But the bats, the bats have their work cut out for them. Garrett Cole is no longer an affiliate of himself, as you are aware. (laughs) He is a New York Yankee, and he is the ace of the New York Yankees staff. This is his moment right here. This is a huge moment for him. It has not been his best year. I would say his Yankees career has not been what he imagined it to be. Obviously, he lost that wildcard game against the Red Sox uh, in the 2021 postseason he is 2 0 on the postseason this year. He's, he had two really good starts against the Guardians, but the Astros are not the Guardians. It is not the same team. Uh, but he's at home in a must win scenario. Again, that crowd's going to be energetic. And he has the success that can make him very dangerous here. Uh, again, he took two games against Cleveland in, his, in game one. He went six and a third, giving up only four hits and one earned run uh, off of a solo shot. In game two of the ALDS, he went seven innings pitched, giving up six hits, two earned runs, and giving a walk. Sorry, that was game five. Seven innings pitched, six hits, two earned runs, one walk, eight strikeouts, and again, that one home run. Uh, and that was game four. He gave that home run to Josh Naylor that uh, ended up being the end of the Guardians uh, postseason run. So, I mean, he, he's he been on it this this postseason, he, and he's – still that guy. He really is that guy we know from Houston that we that we loved in 2019 and 2018. Um, he is not the Pittsburgh Pirates Garrett Cole anymore. He owes his nope. he owes his life to Brent Strom and Josh Miller. Nope. Um but regardless, he is the ace. We have faced him once this season. He was actually the starting pitcher on the other side of Javier's uh, combined no-hitter back in June. He got the loss in that game. Uh, he went seven innings pitched, gave up four hits, one earned run, two walks, eight strikeouts. That home run, the solo shot to JJ the Jet playing Matajevic. Uh he <laughs> took him. took him into the second deck at Yankee Stadium. I think it was a nuke. Uh, but again, that, that was a no hitter game. Alvarez, Altuve, Tucker, and Bregman went zero for ten against Cole that day. The only Astro. This is crazy. The only Astro who is currently on the roster who had a hit off of Cole that day was Martin Maldonado. Gosh, have that. The only, on your other, big Astros, the only other Astros that, were, that got hit were Myers, Brantley, and Matajevic. And and Maldi went two for two.
1: Well, I mean, he did catch all his games when he was an Astro, though, too. So Maldi yeah. has an idea of what he likes to do. Shout out to Maldi right there.
0: Yeah. So maybe maybe Mal- shout out to Maldi. He's at like 257 in the postseason right now. I
1: told you. I, I told you. I'm taking the
0: over <laughs> on five hits. I'm I'm telling you. Um, yeah, but I mean, coming into the postseason, Cole did not have a great uh end of the season. It wasn't bad. Uh, but in six starts, he went three and one with a four point five ERA, giving up 10 home runs. And that's his kryptonite. That's been his that's been his kryptonite this season, is is the home run ball. Um, maybe that's a good matchup for the Astros who are a home run hitting team as well. He leads the American league in home runs allowed. He's given up 33 bombs this year, uh, 16 of those at home. Uh, but he also leads the American league in strikeouts at two. Actually, he leads all of baseball on yeah. strikeouts at at two fifty-seven. So, I mean, this is a dangerous guy. We might get to him. He might shut us out for, you know, six, seven innings. Uh, but the imperative thing here is going to be. Make him work for it, make him earn it, work those counts, make him throw bullets. Because with the potential for four games in five days, or no, was it, or five games in five days, I guess. Um, Theoretically, like this series is not locked up. It could go to game seven, it could go to game six. The more we get into this bullpen, the better we have our chances of being the last team standing. Uh, Our bullpen is obviously much better equipped. Which, by the way, the Yankees have not seen Stanek, they have not seen Seth Martinez, and they have not seen Hunter Brown so far, and I think that's a huge advantage for the yeah, Astros. Luis Garcia,
1: but... Luis Garcia, Jose Arquidi. I mean, right. name bunch, you know, name more by then. Shoot, I mean, but we look great, and then plus, like what we've been saying too, they've used their bullpen a lot more. Now we got we got to see a uh, Wandy Peralta that um that Thursday, so. Yeah. And then we got to Clark Schmidt. Like I said, I think that's the thing. Get them starting pitchers out. Wake that bullpen world. Because like you said, we're going to have, if necessary, we're going to have all these back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. And who's more well-rested than anybody right now? The Astros bullpen. So, yeah. like you said, I mean, we got to get to him early. I think Alvarez, too, needs a big game. You know, he hasn't had a home run since, what, that uh, game two against Luis Castillo. Yeah. And Luis Castillo was their ace. Maybe he could jump on Garrett Cole. He had two home runs. Uh, He had a two-home run game against Garrett Cole, actually, in, I think, 2021. I don't think it was this yep. year. It's 21. So, in Yankee you know,
0: Stadium.
1: Yeah, in Yankee Stadium. So, right now, it looks like that high fastball is killing him, though. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the most that best that he's been striking out on. It's mm-hmm. that high fastball. He's swinging and missing. So, hopefully, he, make, he made an adjustment. I think Altuve, two makes some adjustments. Really, this whole lineup needs to uh, figure it out, especially with runners in scoring position like we talked about earlier.
0: Yeah, and I think it just goes back to what we said earlier. that These guys have not played their best baseball yet, but they will. Um, but, yeah, that's so that's game three. That's happening later today, uh, maybe even after you're listening to this. Of course, if you're listening to this right now and the game's over, just be prepared <laughs> for our recap dropping tomorrow morning. Uh, but, anyway, so let's go ahead and head into around the league real fast. Talk NLCS. The Phillies take game three from the Padres 4-2 win. Uh, Gene Segura was kind of the hero today, made a couple, he made a couple errors, but he also made a couple great defensive plays. Uh, came in, but he also was a hero on offense, coming out with a two-out, two RBI single. Just the perfect. It was a great A-B too, and just put it right yeah. over, put it right over Kim's head into and just dumped it into, into center field there. Uh, Ranger Suarez, five innings pitch, two hits, one earned on run, no walks, three strikeouts. Uh, Joe Musgrove, you know, like I feel like we've seen the – there's no safe pitchers in this NLCS, I feel like. And Aaron no, Nola dude. got touched up. Joe Musgrove, who was dominant against the Mets, he gets touched Max up Scherzer. here. Five...
1: I mean, all the yeah. dominant names that you hear in the MLB, uh, even Justin Verlander, our own, got freaking touched
0: up by the Mets. Yeah. Uh, but Musgrove, five and two-thirds, eight hits, four run runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Uh, the Padres had a chance in the top of the ninth uh josh bell singles to lead off the inning jerks and profile draws it gets a works a full two a full count uh and then has a kind of questionable check swing uh he's called out he throws a fit gets ejected i think it was definitely questionable but you know yeah that's baseball that's how it goes man
1: yeah i mean that third base umpire got a whole earful from him i'm surprised he didn't walk over there to him he just yelled at him from the dugout but um yeah that's going to be a Right now, I think it said 69% who win game three goes on to the World Series as well for that NLCS. Yes. So, um, I mean, that Phillies team right now, I mean, they're looking dangerous. Right now is the Alec Bohm and Gene Segura show for that game. Usually – oh, and don't forget Schwarber. Schwarber had that leadoff uh, bomb for the Phillies to set the tone. And, you yeah. know, like I said, I do not want to see Schwarber. We saw Schwarber in a Red Sox uniform. And, uh, yeah, we we know the history on that. So And then Bryce Harper too, I mean – JT Romuto they've been a little silent you know obviously Bryce having a big post season but this game you know they really didn't do nothing so it just shows if it's not from your best hitters it's coming from you know the bottom half of the order and that's what basically Chas McCormick and Maldi did for that uh that game once. so you know that's baseball for you right there if your strong hitters ain't hitting bottom lineup comes and saves you
0: yeah in an in an ideal world anyway um And then also our neighbors to the North and Northern Oklahoma have hired Bruce Bochy to be their next manager the former giants manager who led them to three world series, including one against the Texas Rangers. Uh, He's going to be the new manager for the Rangers. And I really, I think this is a great hire for them to be completely honest. I think he's the, he's a really good manager. Um, I think he, I mean, look at the talent that was left on that roster by the time he left. Yeah. He wasn't winning a ton of games, but most of his stars were gone, and the front office was not ponying up for the guys. They were, they were relying on veterans to carry the bulk of that lineup. I mean, Hunter Pence in his later years, Buster Posey in his later years. They didn't really have any super super studs in in there to get things done. But I think he's gonna nope. get a a really good lineup at at Texas, and if they and with the guys they have on the way in their arms, like I've said it a the hundred arms. times, but. Yeah, they're young, young team. but they're going to be nasty. Uh, I, the AL West is going to be really competitive the next four, five, six years. Um, Yeah, yes. because
1: you still, you, you still got the Astros and Mariners. Now the Mariners are going to be competing with us a little bit more often. But, yeah, I think you give that Texas Ranger team, and like I said, I think two or three years from now they'll start competing because, I mean, they already made two acquisitions from um, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. And, you know, I was interested to see, too, I was like Bruce Bochi had gotten – the manager job with the Giants in 07 07 and 08, he had losing records. 09, um, or was it when they win the World Series? It was 10, 12, and 14, mm-hmm. or was it 8, 10, and 12?
0: No, it was 10, 12, 14.
1: Okay, so yeah, 07 and 08, he had losing records. 09, um, just barely had a winning above 500 record, and then that's when 2010 had happened. And then the rest is history for that squad. I mean, they didn't have a lot of big names, like you said, Buster Posey. Um, Tim Lincecum. of course, was a factor. Then his career got shortened up because of injuries. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, of course, being the leader of that team. I mean, Pablo Sandoval, you don't even hear his name that much. Marco Estrada, I believe, was on that. I mean, just n- names that you wouldn't even hear right now that are really in that uh, giant organization. Hunter Pence, of course, you know, he always has a soft place in our hearts. For us, Astro fans, but yeah, yeah, right. Hire
0: TV, Apple TV broadcaster.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I mean that was a great hire for them, obviously. But hopefully, it doesn't really come and come and get us later on in the season because we still own them.
0: Yeah, and then uh, just one last thing: shout out to Jack Attack Fifty Seven or sorry, Jack Attack Eighty Seven on Apple Podcast. I uh, gave us a review. We appreciate you. We appreciate all you guys. Uh, drop us a review. Drop us a rating. We we appreciate it. We love y'all's feedback. We love hearing from you guys uh, and, and getting that out there. But thank you guys again for tuning in. Let's go win a baseball game. Let's go win a series.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling a little 3-0 today. If we could get to Cole, I'm telling you. I don't be surprised it. about bringing out the brooms. So be ready. Maybe they'll be taking a flight to Cancun later on. <laughs> you know, for Pete's sake, of course, you know. Yeah. Yeah, guys, you know, all the... I just love his um what you call it, his um his speech. That speech when they clinch. <laughs> yeah. That is like the most badass speech he ever put up. But yeah, hopefully we win that game and go three oh and you know we'll be talking to you guys with a three oh lead. Hopefully. If not, there's another day to fight, and I'm I feel very confident in our
0: pitchers. Me too. We'll see you guys tomorrow for the recap. See you guys.